Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pause for Mental Health. Today, I am joined by my mother, Karen Kraus. Hi, Mom. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Julia. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you start off by giving yourself a quick introduction? Okay, sure. As Julia said, my name is Karen, and I'm Julia's mom, and also the mom to three other beautiful girls, ages 25 down to Julia of 18. Um, Can you talk about your history as a pet owner? Sure. I have a bit of a complicated history as a pet owner. The first time I ever got a dog, I was probably around eight years old. My dad had been playing cards with some of his gentleman friends. He came home late on a Friday night, and I was actually sleeping in bed with my mom. My little brother was sleeping in his room. And all of a sudden, I felt this thing jump on me and run around all over on top of me. And the lights came on and my mom screaming. (laughs) And I realized that my dad had brought home a little beagle puppy. And I was super excited. Super duper excited. And as it turns out, my dad won my pet, my first pet, in a card game. Um, what, what was that dog's name? I didn't even get to name the dog. Here's where the complication comes in. I fell asleep cuddling my dog and I woke up the next day and I was completely blown up. My face was huge. I was full of hives and itchy all over. And unfortunately I learned that I was allergic to dogs and my father had to give the dog back to the owner Mm -hmm. and I felt super duper sad. You know, in one night I become a pet owner for the first time and then, you know, hours later that privilege is stripped away and Mm -hmm. I was pretty, pretty broken up and pretty sniffly. Aw. Um, after that dog, did you have any other pets growing up? You know, um, I really didn't, um, for a while, um. I had some relatives that lived about five miles away. And in order to get to their home, you had to cross a highway, cross a bridge, and several little roads in through town. They had a little dog named Blackie that was a, you know, a little mixed, little mutt. And they used to come over and visit us. And Blackie would hang out with us outside because he couldn't come inside because of my allergies. But I absolutely loved this little guy. He was super cute and my family loved him. And they used to visit us with him once in a while. Well, one day, um, I was playing outside with my brother, and I turned, and there was Blackie. (laughs) Apparently, the little fella liked us a lot. And, as I said, crossed a bridge, crossed a highway to get to my yard. And we couldn't believe it. It was like five miles. So then that's when I realized how smart animals are. Mm -hmm. So long story short, the dog did it three or four more times. So my aunt finally gave up and said, you know what? He's yours. (laughs) The dog clearly likes you better than he likes us. So you can have him. So we got Blackie, but unfortunately because of my allergies, he had to be like an outdoor dog. And either he was outside uh, in his little dog house that my dad had for him, or he would sleep on the porch. So if it was cold, he would stay on our, we had a nice insulated porch. But um, rarely did he come inside. Maybe once in a while for Christmas or something. But unfortunately, I couldn't tolerate long visits. But I absolutely loved him. And we had the little guy until he was probably around 12, 13 years old. And unfortunately got heartworms. 
and had a real a real tough time of that and then finally we had to put him down and I that was my first um heartbreak from losing a, a beloved little furry baby yeah mm-hmm. that's my first experience um I know this is not a traditional pet, but I know you had a goat at some point. Actually, I didn't have a goat. My oh, neighbor had a your goat. Neighbor did. And the Sorry. goat used to get into our yard, and I was terrified of the goat. So the goat does not count as a pet. It was more of an enemy. Than it was a more of a nuisance. He used to uh, chomp on our grass and help get the lawn in shape. But other than that, he terrified me. <laughs> um, so after finding out you were allergic to dogs, did you ever think that you would be a pet owner? No, I really didn't. And. I went years without a pet. I couldn't have one. I think Blackie was our only family pet, to be honest. We never had one again after that because of my allergies. I'm allergic to cats, horses, dogs, basically anything with fur. So that was really sad. Um, But then uh, I went through allergy shots as I got older to help with dogs and cats and such. But still, still a problem. Anytime I visited anybody with a home, home that had pets instantly, you know, hives, allergies, and because I have asthma, it's actually dangerous for me. Well, when I was a young woman and living on my own, I started to learn a little bit more about allergenic pets, you know, pets that are better for people with allergies. Did a little research and I found out that poodles can be a good option. So I actually ended up doing a little more research and just and found a local place and I ended up buying a super teeny little tiny poodle who looked like a teddy bear and his name was Teddy. And that was my first pet. So even though I've loved Blackie so much, he was a family pet. And this was my chance to have my own pet in my own apartment. And it made me just feel really responsible and super grown up. You know, obviously I'm paying rent and working full time. So I am grown up. But Mm -hmm. having a dog was pretty lovely to come home from work at night and see my little guy. It was awesome. He was super tiny. He was kind of a... uh, Like a mini poodle He was a tiny... Yeah, I'm not sure if he was a teacup or what. Um, Little reddish orange. We used to call him Theodore. Oh, and uh, my fiance and I, it was, we were kind of the parents of little Teddy. And unfortunately, again, learning the hard way, he was a puppy mill dog, I think. I bought him from a pet store. I didn't know any better. Now it's, you know, nowadays most people adopt, get them from shelters or from, you know, friends that breed or whatever. But I got him and unfortunately he only lived about six years. So that was my second massive heartbreak from having pets. But I will say that he brought a tremendous amount of joy and he slept with me every day. Didn't even have a little cage. He slept with me. It was like having a stuffed animal and I could actually tolerate him, which for me was a huge gift. Mm-hmm. People who aren't allergic to dogs, I, I don't will think- Will never understand. No, they will never understand how, how joyful it is to be able to actually touch an animal without having a massive asthma attack. Yeah. You know, so for me, I, I, I was so overjoyed. And he brought a lot of joy to your dad and me. Your dad was my fiancé at the time, but Daddy <laughs> and I absolutely loved this little guy. Um, after him, I actually adopted a different breed. This was a little guy that was um, a poodle Cocker Spaniel blend, which was a little risky because a Cocker Spaniel, as we remember, caused me issues. But he was more poodle. And I did pretty well with him. I did really well. He was a was he like three quarters poodle? I think so. So like he was yeah. a cocker poodle. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. You know. Okay, sorry, but I'm getting too far into that. That's okay. <laughs> I don't know what his original like his genealogy was or whatever. But he was a great little dog, super sweet. He was like a little roly poly, and we named him Norm after the guy from Cheers. And um, he brought us a tremendous amount of joy. And what was super exciting about Norm was he was a little bigger than. Teddy. 
So Norm was the kind of dog that you could snuggle and love and he could be a lap dog, but he could also go for walks. He could also go for runs. You know, you could go camping with him because he was big enough to be independent and, you know, stable and what have you. And then the other exciting part was I introduced him to eventually to my family. I had children. So Norm became originally, you know, the son of a, you know, fiance and, you know, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. And then he was, you know, the fur baby of a married young couple. And then he was the fur baby of a family. So my kids adored him and he took to the kids really, really well. Do you remember him? Yeah, I remember Norm. Not a lot because I think we put him down when I was in kindergarten. Yeah. Like before we went to Disney. Yeah. Um, but I remember that Libby loved Norm oh. so much. Oh, and gosh. before we put him down, she slept with him in your bathroom on the yep. floor. Yep. And All was night. so broken that we had to put him down. But yep. it would have been like inhumane to keep him yeah. alive, especially because we were going on vacation. Like, yeah, well, I remember this probably isn't right, but how I remember it is that like we were going to Disney and his health was like really plummeting, like, yes, and we didn't want him to die while like Grandma and Papa or whoever yes, was watching him exactly. was watching him. He was in very declining health. We had several different visits with the doctors, had a lot of hope, but after getting um, an, another biopsy out, um you know, repeat biopsies and such, and then some surgeries to try to remove, he had cancer. Um, it was determined that he wasn't going to, he it wasn't, wasn't going to survive. It wasn't looking to him. And he was suffering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as pet owners, we all at some point will go through that. And you have to make the decision of, am I keeping the dog here for me? Or, um, you know, certainly I'm not keeping him here for his enjoyment because he's, he's not feeling well. So we made the hard decision that a lot of owners have to make. Um, and it seems, it, it sounds bad because it was indeed right before we were going on a ve- very big but he was, vacation. But I remember he was suffering and he had the ear thing where his right. ear would also swell up with blood. Yes. And my feeling was, I'm going to be here when my animal dies. I'm not having him. I want to be the He's one to say goodbye to him, him, number one, and comfort him. And number two... I want to put that on my mom and dad, you know. Yeah, that would crush them. They would be the caretakers. So that was Norm. And we probably had Norm, I'm thinking, maybe 13 years. So we're getting up there. We're improving. It's never long (laughs) enough, though. You know, it really isn't, is it? Mm -hmm. And now we have Chip and Daisy, which I've talked about before. They're my cute little Yeah, you've discussed them on your show, haven't you? Yeah. Um, When... Can you talk about getting Chip? Sure. I know that you were a big fan of Chip when we like and had a big role in. Yeah, I was pretty excited about getting Chip. You know, bringing them home and and planning. It's like you know, humans planning for the arrival of a baby, right? You want to do all the things you need to do to get your home ready for the animal. In Chip's case, he was um, a little litter of maybe like five or six little teeny tiny. Um, Yorkshire Terriers from a woman in Maine. Absolutely beautiful little dogs with really nice temperament. And you could tell this woman, oh, she loved these animals. So you go right into her home and you see them there. They were in a a human baby crib thing, like one of those old fashioned pack and plays, yes. And I'm looking at them and oh, just falling in love. And what's interesting is the woman looked at my family and said, you know, you got kind of a busy family there looking at, you know, four kids under the age of like 12. And I'm like, yep, that's true. And I don't want you to have 
a teeny, teeny, tiny one because I think your your kids might step on it. Or <laughs> it could get, you know, it could get uh, slipped underneath a couch or something. So she was very careful about placing, and she gave us the bigger one of the <laughs> of the litter. Just even though he's tiny, he was only like a little. I bit. mean, full grown. He's what nine pounds tops. Uh, okay, now he's a little bit overweight. We're talking, so you know, thinking maybe fifteen. <laughs> well, we're we're talking big, meaning um, For twelve a, ounces versus eight ounces yeah. at the time. <laughs> So we picked him out, and he looked like a chocolate chip to us. So we named him Chip. And she would send me little little updates as he was growing and developing. And um, it was Mother's Day when we picked him out, so that was a nice day, uh, being a mom. And then, uh, you know, when it was time, we were able to go pick him up. I forget how long, if it's 12 weeks or 8 weeks, whatever. Um, and then he became a part of our family and a very, very important part. Um, chip is a love and I find I'm probably the least, like, even though, I, you know, these dogs are allergenic, the Yorkie was actually the best dog for me, Chip. Even Norm being part Cockapoo, I mean, part Cocker Spaniel, part, part Poodle, was, did give me a little bit, but nothing major. Yeah, Chip has you know, never, I don't, Chip, I don't I do, think he's ever no, given you I do, anything. I do very well with him. His, his fur is like hair. It's like silky yeah. hair. I mean, you could almost braid it when it's really long and... If you watch any of the fancy dog shows, those are the ones with the hair down to their feet, you know, and, and the little barrettes. And they literally in, their hair. in barrettes, and they literally look like like little, little girls. Bouffant <laughs> hairstyles, yeah. Um, I know I am allergic to dogs, not as bad as you, but mm-hmm. um, I know that Chip has never given me any mm. allergies, and I'm also allergic to dog saliva. Mm, I, yeah, I don't know if you are. I almost probably because if but, I get licked, I get really itchy. But um, so I'm sure I am. A big thing, like when I'm with animals, like especially like Jacob's dogs, like they always just want to give me hugs and kisses. Right. And um, and his dog Emma will like kind of jump on me and then lick my forehead and then like my forehead right. will like That's break how they out show you love. in times. Yeah. But. I've never had that with Chip. Sometimes Daisy will lick my neck and then I'll get hives, yep. but like um, Chip, nothing ever. That's the good thing to note, though, if you're out there listening and you do have allergies to animals, think about different breeds and talk to people. I know Yorkshire Terriers have done really well for me and other people. Sometimes poodles, like uh, our Daisy is good. We call her Daisy Lou. Um, she's a little bit bigger than chip the yorkie so right now we've got two dogs chip is getting really old um and he was hit by a car about six years ago so that certainly probably shortened his life you know his ultimate lifespan that was more than six years ago that's when i was in first grade oh geez louise 11 years ago 11 years ago wow time flies and i think we got him 12 years ago okay time flies when you're having fun i guess um and when you're raising dogs and kids so that's my story. Um, and then Daisy. And then Daisy. Um, Daisy came when Chip was about two, I think. We felt, we felt like he needed a little companion, you know, to be honest. Um, so we got her, and they're like little love bugs together. They're best friends. They share a cage together. Oh, they do um, They do everything. everything together, and they're, they're great. If you see uh, Chip, you see Daisy, you know, they're always together. Like, uh, <laughs> they're best friends. Chips and salsa. Um, <laughs> For me, though, um, I think Chip is really tight with me, um, probably closer to me than anyone you're always telling me this. I'll be sitting on the couch and just, you know, typing on my computer because I work from home. And then I look down and he's literally like right next to me. (laughs) There's like maybe one sixteenth of an inch between him and me. 
and it's hilarious. And sometimes I don't even notice it because it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we like step on him because he'll... yeah, sometimes he is underfoot, <laughs> especially when I'm in the kitchen. He does get underfoot a bit, and I'm like, no, no, no. but he's deaf, so I can't. You know, <laughs> that makes his perception of space probably challenging being deaf. Um, um can you talk a little bit about? working from home and I know that dogs are good at reducing stress um can you talk a little bit about that if you noticed anything I do agree with that um it's nice working from home you you know I think it's this is a heyday for um dogs and dog owners alike if you do work from home the one positive of the pandemic is having more time with your fur baby um, he's always by my desk, you know, like, again, I'll be at my desk, I'm working, I'm typing, I'm doing my serious business. I look down, chips right there, you know, and I think it just, it has a sense of calm because you look into their eyes and they're so precious and sweet and so non-judgmental and so loving that you always feel like you got someone by your side, literally on your side. And, and if you're dealing with a tricky situation, you know, I have a great job. I'm pretty, I feel pretty lucky and blessed that way. But everybody has moments of deadlines and craziness. Mm-hmm. And then you get through the day and then you look down at those little button eyes. Oh. And, his, no, and his missing little teeth. And his missing front teeth and little tongue that hangs down. And he just warms my heart so much that I think I do feel maybe those endorphins coming out, I guess. Yeah, and that um, research shows that when you look into a dog's eye your dopamine levels increase, which I think is pretty cool. Um, But so there's like a scientific reason to Mm. why you feel happier. And there's also the entire aspect of like love because you and like companionship because um, having someone there, even if it's a human or animal will make you feel better. But dogs just love so unconditionally that they just reduce the feeling of like loneliness and increase the sense of belongingness and raise your dopamine levels so like why wouldn't you feel better when you have a cute little like unconditional loving creature looking at you yeah maybe that's why i find myself staring into those (laughs) deep blue deep brown button eyes of his (laughs) i do know um when my mom was ill i know you've talked about grammy on your program my mom unfortunately had a really long battle three-year battle very difficult battle with dementia and my dogs were so good to her, almost like toned it down. You know, mm-hmm. like Daisy's really hyperactive and would tone Graham it down. Graham and Daisy were like best they friends. They were tight, two peas in a pod, my mom and my older, my um, other dog. Daisy, I just want to say Daisy's um, very hyperactive. Mm-hmm. She always will be running around, like she would run circles around Chip if yes. we were on a walk together. And Chip is mellow, he kind of sleeps all day. Yep. And she wants to party all night long and would... And party all day. Party all day, too. And if given the chance, she could walk all the way to Alaska because Mm -hmm. she's so energetic. She would. But whenever she was with Grammy, she would just be calm and sit on her lap, which is just something that Daisy doesn't do. Right. So she got got Grammy, for sure. And I think uh, sensed her need for support Mm -hmm. and love. So that was a pretty cool thing. Um... I also know that Graham loved our dogs too, and oh, when yes. she was, when her health was declining and she was hospitalized a lot, um, I know that you got her little stuffed dogs, little stuffed animals. I actually got her one that kind of looked like Chip, 
and one that looked like Daisy, literally. Mm-hmm. And she snuggled them and loved them. And, you know, they do say that lots of times, you know, if you go to a nursing home or a geriatric unit in a hospital, you'll see sometimes elderly with babies or stuffed mm-hmm. animals or whatever. There's like a comfort measure there. And I do think those little snugglies did bring her a little comfort. There was an association, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I still snuggle my mom, the dog that I had got mom today. Yeah. Um, also, I want you to elaborate on your position as being a chicken mama. Oh, yes. I am a very proud chicken mama. And I've been a chicken mama for probably... Since I was in like seventh... I mean, second grade. Uh-uh. Really? Second grade. Wow. See, times... I was going to say... I was going to say seven years, but that's more like... 10 years? Yeah, 10 yeah. years now. So I'm on my third flock, okay? And what happens with chickens is uh, that you can get them in different ways. You know, a lot of people that you can buy them as, um, you can get them as eggs and raise them. I would never do that. But, you yeah, know, like you do in second grade, you know, the experiments in school, you can do that. Or a lot of people get them at springtime, like at Agway or Blue Seal. I did do that. I've done that twice, and then you raise them indoors. You have to have lighting, put a lot of work into it. And, and it's very dusty. Very dusty, tons of work. And you can also buy them as uh, teenagers when they're, I think they're called pullets when they're a teenager, and then bring them home, you know, and raise them. Mm-hmm. But yes, I do have, um, I think I have 12 chickens now, and I love them. They are so much fun. I call them my ladies. I go outside, they come running. Mainly because they see me as bringing food, I think. I don't know if they necessarily... I think they love you, Mom. I don't know. I don't know. I think they love the food I bring outside. But um, I love them. It's so cool. Um, A lot of chicken people um, say that they enjoy just sitting down and watching them. They have so much personality. They're hilarious. There's been a couple times when I've gone out back and just sat inside their chicken run and just hang with them and watch the social dynamic that goes on between them. And it's, it's hilarious. And sometimes I'll, you know, whip out my cell phone and they'll come up to me and literally peck at it. Peck, oh, peck, yeah. peck, peck. They've done that to my camera too. Yes. And I've actually gotten some video of them pecking my cell phone or pecking, you know, photos. And it's hilarious, like these ridiculous close-ups. But I do. I enjoy my chickens. They're like my little people. Um, they're not fur babies. They're, they're feather, feather babies. babies. <laughs> and they're fun and sweet. And chicken can be really lovable. I have friends in the chicken world that have indoor chicken pets. Like I would not do that because they actually poop everywhere, but there are people pets? that, oh my, my backyard chicken exchange and my brother's son, um, my nephew, Henry, Henry, your cousin, hello. <laughs> anyway, um, that they let them come inside and they're really tight and close and they'll actually kind of snuggle with you and watch TV with you. Yeah. My chickens are outdoor ladies though. Um, what made you want chickens in the first place? Um, I've always loved the idea of having a mini farm. I've always loved the idea of having fresh eggs because they're so much healthier, lower in cholesterol, higher in, um, you know, vitamin content because you're feeding them good stuff. They're fresh. Uh, I like taking care of them, whereas some chickens aren't taken care of well. I like treating them like a member of my family and being good to them. And I just always wanted to do it. And now that I had the space, I was able to. Mm -hmm. Um... Have you gotten connected with your chickens at all? I do. And, and the reason I say this is I've had some of them be attacked and killed by predators. And I've cried all, you know, like half a day over it. it it's sad. And when they're very sweet. Rooster. 
Yes, it's very sweet. I've come home to some tragedies and it's sad. Not Luckily for us, not too often, but it has happened. We've also had them get sick. Um, it's part of being a chicken owner and you have to accept it. But I do get attached to them, but I'm not going to lie. They all look the same to me. Yeah. I tried naming them and putting fingernail polish on them and calling them marigold and, you know, whatever, <laughs> lilac, but they all look the same to me. Yeah, they do basically look the same. I can't distinguish them. Um, do you think that being a chicken owner has impacted your mental health at all? I think it's enjoyable. I mean, to go outside and hear, even in the morning, when you wake up in the morning and you hear movement and feathers ruffling, when they jump off their, their little um, roost, mm-hmm. it makes a really lovely little soft sound of their feet feathers landing on the ground. Their, and their feathers kind of flapping. rustling up and flapping. And hearing them talk to each other and the sounds, I'm not going to do them because it'll <laughs> sound funny, but we don't have a rooster, so I, and, and I absolutely love the sound of a rooster um, doing his cock-a-doodle-dooling, but um, the lambs have one. we do, up the, our neighbors have one, and I love hearing it. It's far enough away that it's enjoyable, you know? Yeah. Um, I love the sounds they make. I find it relaxing, personally. Maybe others don't, but I, I love the sounds. It, it, I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, oh, another happy day. Sign of life, sign of movement. I enjoy it. Um, do you think that the routine of having chickens, like you have to take care of them, change their water, food on the daily, collect eggs, do you think that the routine that being a chicken owner has impacts you in a positive way? Um, I, like, could, I could get really silly and say once in a while I feel very lazy and I don't feel like taking care of them. I shouldn't be admitting that. Um, and we split it. My husband and I, your dad and I share that responsibility, Yeah. but there is a certain kind of uh, meditative quality to routine. The routine of walking out, collecting the eggs, pushing off the naughty chicken that won't get off the eggs. That's called brooding when they, you know, when they're broody, um, saying hello to them. Yeah. Saying hello. Hello ladies. That's what I say when I go out. So that routine, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it does give a little bit of a relaxation to you and it, it grounds you a bit you know mm-hmm. it grounds you to know that a group of living I rely you know, on you rely on me living beings. um and another question that I have is or kind of comment I know that you're in the like New Hampshire backyard chicken face chicken exchange and other chicken Facebook groups have you um I know that you love those groups so I don't even need to ask you if those make you happy or anything mm-hmm. but <laughs> Um, do you think that having a space where you can talk to other people who also love their chickens, um, I don't know. Do you think that adds anything to your life? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be like if, you know, you like motorcycles and you belong to a motorcycle Facebook group, you can share the love and the passion for a particular, you know, thing you do at home. And I, I love raising chickens and, um, having a mini chicken farm and, the thing about those groups is you connect with other humans. Oftentimes we have questions. If our chicken is doing something weird or exhibiting an odd behavior or a medical or health concern, we can get information there. But also we share jokes sometimes. You know, we put up little funny pictures. I put up one of them. Um, I was trying to get rid of my rooster because we're not allowed to have them in bow. So I put up a picture of my rooster holding a suitcase with a little hat saying, this handsome boy is looking for a home. And people were dying. They were laughing, mm-hmm. you know, with a laugh emoji. So there's a lot of like um, friendship, camaraderie, you know, family in a sense, family, the chicken family. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken world. Um, I have one last question before I wrap up this episode. Um, 
What have you noticed about me and like my mental health and animals? Oh, I've noticed a lot. First of all, I know that you love animals and I see it. I, I, I see it in you and I know a lot of people, you know, truly, you know, a lot of people like animals, but I feel like you truly love animals. Um, you're always looking for opportunities to dog sit for people and take care of their animals. And I think you would do it for free. Honestly, I know you like the extra money, but I think you would do it for free. And I think that when you come home from being, you know, at a dog sitting, um, job, you just seem really happy. And you tell me all the stories about the dog did this, the dog did that, but you also take a tremendous amount of pride. And I love that for you. I love that you come home and you know this is a real i don't want to say a big girl thing to do but it's a real grown-up thing to do to be responsible for another life or lives because i know you sometimes watch a dog and a couple cats um but i can tell that you're enjoying it you've always got a big smile on your face and i think for you it's a really really good thing you seem your happiest when you're with animals to me yeah i would agree with that i i love animals um specifically dogs i recently started liking cats a lot more i used to not really like cats because i think i'm more allergic to cats than i am to dogs um but one of the people i dog sit for or pet sit for have a cat who's 15 and her name is opal Mm -hmm. and she's the sweetest yeah she's the sweetest cat ever you don't even like cats and i you love i do like cats but again i'm allergic to them so it makes me kind of go stay away yeah but i do like cats and i think opal's hilarious opal is um a persian cat so her face is all smushed in and she's so adorable and her little meows are like nasally she's cute and super cute she started like restarted my um appreciation of Mm -hmm. cats and then recently i was dog sitting for another family and they have two cats one of their cats kept on running away so i don't like that one but the i I still love her, but you love her. You she was worried. mean. She she, she scared me. A little bit of anxiety. Yeah, she caused me multiple. <laughs> all the all the calmness animals are supposed to bring. She yeah, <laughs> she literally like I I love animals, but she just sent my anxiety you. through the roof. Yes, she ran that's away. You care and you're yeah. responsible. Um, but their other cat. Maybe she's okay. Yes, she came back home. Yes. <laughs> she ran out for a couple of days, but came back. Very happy. <laughs> um, but their other cat is so sweet, and they told me that she wasn't a lap cat. But she kept on playing with me. She kept on sitting on my lap. She kept on um, Maybe your cat meowing at me. And that, I don't know. I really like dogs. And I think that... And cats in general. Oh, that was a weird little squeak. Um, and I, <laughs> I think that overall, I, my mood gets lifted when I spend time with animals. I think so. I think everyone's does. Yeah, I think that especially unless like... Unless you're a robot. Yeah, unless you like don't like pets or like... Yeah, I mean, but, some people legitimately are afraid of animals, and they might cause them trauma and distress, stress, right? But, and that's that's okay. That's but okay. I think the role of so most—I'm I'm joking about the robot. Thing, yeah, but. I think most um, pets and animals do have a strong calming aspect oh, yeah, to them because absolutely. of like I mean, everything, send, like the companionship, the reducing of like loneliness, yes. and how they're just like anti-stress. I had one thing I want to share when you talk about loneliness. I have come back into my home after a vacation when my dogs are still with a sitter mm-hmm. you know what that sounds like the nothingness the yeah. absolute quiet of not having a pet that's a lonely feeling yeah so that's you know you can when, feel when you their walk absence. into the house you or can't if, you're get, if the groomer's getting their hair done you're like 
doesn't feel right. Yeah. So they absolutely bring so much to our lives, don't they, Julia? Yes. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Ooh, That's well, all I have. Thanks for having me. It's a tremendous <laughs> honor. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, please join me next week for the last episode of Pause for Mental Health.